Thank you, Lance. Amen. I guess I'm only the pastor. There are certain things I don't get to know. So, amen. Amen. Well, why don't we start this morning? You know, it's on T-shirts everywhere. It's hanging on walls, probably in some of your homes and, or in your business, right? It's on greeting cards. It's in salutations that we give to one another. We declare it to people after they sneeze, right? Or we declare it to people after they do or say something less than smart. And what's that word or that phrase? It's bless you or, or bless your heart right? Bless is a word we use all the time. It's an important word. Last Sunday, we considered the greatest sin at Christmas. And what was it? It was pride, right? It's really the greatest sin anytime, not just Christmas. But today, we're going to go a completely different route, and we're going to consider the great blessing at Christmas. Wow, that's going to be awesome. What does it mean to bless at Christmas? And what does it mean to bless? What does it mean to bless someone? How do you receive a blessing? How do you give a blessing to others? I want you to read with me a familiar Christmas story, and it'll begin to answer these questions on how to bless, how to receive a blessing, and how to be a blessing to God. So if you've got a Bible, open it to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 42, and let's read God's word again and read it with fresh eyes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel, angel Gabriel to Nazareth. We've heard of him already, right? He showed up at Elizabeth's and showed up with Zechariah earlier. Uh, that was kind of an interesting encounter, but now he's sent again in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which she's the wife of Zechariah. God sent the angel Gabriel now to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who, who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Every time angels show up, people are troubled, aren't they? And they're scared because they emit a power. And they probably look powerful and ominous. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. They're always saying that. Do not be afraid. Because we're always afraid. And they don't want us to be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. That's not a bad thing to hear. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Hmm, well, that gets more interesting. You were to call him Jesus. Huh, okay. Goes on, and he will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. Now it's getting interesting. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. She knew who he was talking about. This Messiah that we've been waiting for is coming? And I'm going to be his mom? Okay, she's starting to feel it again, right? I'm going to give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then she asked, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I could see the wheels turning inside of her mind at this point. She's shocked, but they're going like, what are you just telling me? Wow. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month already. For no word from God will ever fail. That's what Gabriel said. And how did Mary respond? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled, and as some scriptures say in other versions, just as you have said. And then the angel left her. Wow, what a great and what a familiar passage of scripture. How was Mary blessed? Because she surely was, and how did she receive this blessing? How was she and Elizabeth a blessing to each other? And I need to keep going, okay? Because my passage keeps going, huh? I just remember that as I got down to that part. And it says at that time, Mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Man, what a great encounter between those two women. So how did they bless each other? How did they receive a blessing? How, how were they a blessing? We're going to use the word blessed, B-L-E-S-S. We're going to use it as an acronym to outline the things that our passage revealed to us about being a blessing and how to be blessed and being a blessing to God and other people. And so some of our youth have heard a little bit of that because I guess that at their little youth outreach, in, it wasn't a little youth outreach, it was a big youth outreach in Minnesota, they used BLESS as an acronym to talk about the vision for reaching out in ministry. And it's a great acronym. It's a great word. It's a word that's been used many times. I've probably used it myself before. But today we're going to use it because it really does speak to us about how to be a blessing and how to bless. And it is how to be a blessing even at Christmas. So let's take a look at the first thing. The B, right? What we first see in our passage, and what's maybe most important element for receiving a blessing and being a blessing to others is what? It's to believe. That's a pretty short word you can write in your outline. It's to believe. You can't be a blessing or receive a blessing without belief. The angel Gabriel gave God's promises to Mary, and what did she do? She believed. I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. And then Elizabeth confirmed that belief, and that belief is tied to blessing, when she pronounced, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. God said, none of my words will ever fail. The question is, will you believe? Will there be belief? 
In addition, both these women affirmed their belief in one another, and they affirmed their belief in God's call in one another's lives and the promises that were shared over them. They celebrated, they nurtured, they, they, they moved those things on because they believed not only in God's word to them and promise to them, but also in God's work in each other. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that you and everyone around you was made in God's image? We say that all the time, that we were made in God's image. That's what the scripture tells us. Do we believe that? Shake your head yes if you believe that. Do you believe you're made in God's image? Yeah, okay. Do you believe that God created you and every other person and look at the persons around you to fulfill a purpose in life? Does God have a purpose for your creation? Yeah. Do you believe it? I'm asking you that. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? If you do believe that everyone around you was made in the image of God, if you do believe that every person was created with a purpose, a purpose for their life, if you believe it, then share that belief with them. Act upon that belief in them and treat them in that belief, if you believe. Fellow believers who believe in us, fellow believers who seek for God's word to us and believe in God's promises to us, they bless us, if you believe. I'm telling you, it's the easiest and straightest way to blessing another person is to believe in them, to believe in their worth, believe that they've been called, believe they have a purpose. It's, it's, it's how the angel blessed. He went because he believed, didn't he? He was sent, but he had to choose to believe, and he went because he believed. And God sent him because God believed. God has sent his angel into your life. He's given you life because he believes in you. You know, I love that, that little saying in uh, Count of Monte Cristo. Have you, how many people have seen that movie? Raise your hand, everybody. You should. It's a great movie. I can remember when the, when the priest tunnels by mistake in, and Dante's been in prison for several years and he's gotten very, very bitter. And uh, isn't that his name? Dantes, yes, got very, very bitter uh, because, excuse me? Edmund. Edmund is his first name, thank you, because some people watch it over and over again. Edmund Dantes. I'm not going to go into all the story, but in the story, a pre, he, he's in this horrible prison on an island. And one day in his prison cell, after he's gotten really bitter, and he'd been there for years and years and years, all of a sudden, somebody comes up through the floor in his cell through the rocks, and it's a priest. And one of the things that the priest does, the priest, uh, he helps him get up, and in the course of the time, they develop this relationship, but Dante, he, he, before this priest is gonna die, he says to Dantes, he goes, um, God is gonna do great things, I have a message for God for, from God for you. And he goes, priest, I don't believe in God. And he said, that's okay because he believes in you. I love that. He goes, it doesn't matter, because he believes in you. He believes in you. And what, what ended up being is that, at the end of the movie, it goes full circle, and Dantes now believes in God, and he sees the purpose and the calling of all people. Do you believe 
Some people used to say, well, belief is half of anything. I think it's more than half. I think you have to believe the right things from the right people. That's what you have to believe. Believe the right things from the right people. Fellow believers who believe in us, fellow believers who believe in God's promises and purpose for us, bless us. Are you, be- are you believing in things for others? Are you believing in things for yourself? Are you believing God's promises for other people? Are you believing God's promises to you? You've been made in his image. You have a purpose. We've got to move on. That's the B. We're going to an L. First off, for the second one, it's listen with curiosity and with a teachable spirit. That's the second point. That's the L. Listen with curiosity and with a teachable spirit. First off, I want to make an apology to everyone who I've not listened to in this congregation. I'm a talker. I'm exuberant. And I know that probably I have talked over, in fact, was called on it recently, uh, of talking over someone and not listening. Man, I don't want to do that. You know why I don't want to do that? Because I want to bless others. And I want to receive a blessing. And so I apologize for not demonstrating curiosity, for not having a teachable spirit that was seeking to understand. Because that indeed is the posture I want to have. I know it's the only way to bless another person. Someone once said this, that love is spelled, right? Not L-O-V-E, but T-I-M-E, time. I think it's also spelled L-I-S-T-E-N, listen. When you listen to someone, you love them. When you don't listen to them or blow them off, you're not loving them, I'm telling you. For instance, at first glance, it appears that Zachariah's question to this angel Gabriel was essentially the same question that Mary posed to the angel when he came six months later. And yet, he got a much different response in reality from that angel than Mary did, didn't he? And you're kind of kind of going, well, what's the deal? Why did Zachariah get disciplined and Mary didn't? I want you to remember how scripture tells us that Zechariah responded. After being terrified at the sight of the angel, and then being assured by the angel to not be afraid, his prayer had been heard, and that God had a plan to bless him and Elizabeth with a son who would be the forerunner to the long-awaited Messiah. This would be the voice crying in the wilderness. So this angel has said all of this. Zechariah, how did he respond? Not with curiosity, but with doubt. He was focused on himself first. He was focused on his limits and his circumstances. He asked, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Do you see that? I want assurance of this. I don't buy this. How can I be certain of this? And guess what? My circumstances are such They don't line up with what you just told me, even though you gave me all this great news. He challenges the angel. He's not this major challenge. It's not like all of us haven't done that before, too. How many of us have done that to God? Come on, raise your hand. I'll raise both hands, as I've done it twice as much, probably, in my life. So God loves Zechariah, and he loves us. But you know what? If we want to be blessed, we can't challenge the word of God to us. We can question it, 
We can ask. We can have a dialogue and a conversation. But we can't start off, boom, with rejecting it. Now, what was great is Zechariah didn't go, no, he didn't do that. So, seeing that good? But he goes, okay, how? He was skeptical. So he challenges the angel, and the promise is just given him. And he wasn't real teachable at that time, but, but unbelieving and challenging. And this can be seen in the fact that the angel had to give him his name. Hey, I'm Gabriel, remember? And he had to give him evidence of his authority. I am the one who stands in the very presence of God. And what are you doing? And what are you saying? I am the one. And then the angel had to discipline him for his unbelief. And the Bible says that's why it was disciplined. And the angel said this, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appropriate time. The reason why God sent his angel and sent the top angel is because this was monumental. And he knew it would be a hard message to receive. But boy, when you've got the, the, the top dog angel standing before you, look at Receive it and believe it. Amen? So, none of this happened with Mary. Things were totally different with her because her question was curious rather than doubting and challenging. She asked, how will this be? That's not a bad question. How in the world? Mary asked, since I'm a virgin. She was a little, maybe even concerned. Well, you know what? It wasn't going to be kind of a weird thing where God was going to be meet, mating with a human being. It wasn't going to be any of that which they had in their culture at that time, it was going to be uh, something much more miraculous and discreet. The Holy Spirit would come upon her, and, and God would implant in her, in a spiritual way, in a miraculous physical way, though, this baby. He would speak it into her, just as he did creation. Amen? And, and so the angel answered her question, and he gave her more information, because God is willing to do that if he knows we need it. And, her, and, and because they were in a curious conversation together instead of a challenging one. Mary was teachable, and she was willing to follow and to be taught. And we need to be teachable and willing to follow and be taught. We need to believe first, and believe until we have a reason not to believe that's really established. Believe first until you have a reason not to. Wow. So there are other facts here, too. In addition to Mary's question being different, the angel Gabriel didn't have to give her his name. He never tells her his name before he leaves. He's only called the angel, right? He didn't have to tell her his position of authority to get her attention like he had to to Zach. She didn't know that he stood in the presence of God because he was an angel. That's all she needed. And next, her response was different because she said, I am the Lord's servant. She understood her identity and her calling. May your word to me be fulfilled just as you have said. Man, I want to be like her. I've had to grow throughout my life to be more like Mary. And I've, and I've understood that because I've had times with God where I said, Lord, I, I repent. I'm sorry I've been a rough road. I'm sorry that I've tried to buck you off or buck the saddle off. And, and wouldn't submit and do as you've called me to do, but I'm here to tell you, I've learned my lesson, and I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more teachable, and it's going to be easier. Maybe it has been. I don't know, maybe it has been. But I'm growing, and I hope you do too, because we do want to be like Mary. Man, I'm, 
May your word to me be just as you have said. And then Elizabeth's response to Mary was different. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. And then she concluded, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. She was teachable. Those who listen with curiosity, those who listen with a teachable spirit, they're blessed. (coughs) You can't grow without trust and trust in those that are teaching you, right? You have to, and you have to believe that God wants you to know something new and wants to grow you and lead you. So trust him, believe, listen, be teachable. Those who are slow, though, to do this, which we can all be slow to that sometimes, you can also be blessed, but you'll be blessed down the road. See, you're going to be blessed after you learn through discipline. And hopefully you do learn quicker than later as you deal with your unbelief and why you couldn't accept God's teaching earlier. But God will stick with you. He's going to love you, love you more than a parent loves you. And we know that parenting is lifelong, amen? To teach things over and over again. But God is even greater. He'll love us, he'll stay with us. Yet, the reality is there. We're going to forego a blessing we're going to forego an immediate blessing and, and we're not going to be able to bless others until we listen with curiosity and with a teachable spirit. We're just not going to. It's just going to wait for us down the road. And it's not God who caused that. It was just us, but he's good with that because he loves us and he has a plan and he'll stick around and he's in it for the long haul. So praise the Lord for that. So that's the first L and bless. Let's go to the next one. E. Here we are with E. You know, you want to extend acceptance to another. If you're going to bless somebody, you have to show them you accept them. One of the most prominent lessons that I got of this, extending acceptance to others, and knowing that at any time I could really bless another person if I did that, it happened while I was trying to finish a paper my senior year during midterms. Uh, I was in a diner back then. That's They were the coffee shops. They were open all night, and you could get black coffee that wasn't foo-foo. You know, you could put your own cream in it, right? Uh, That's the way they were. And so a lot of students would congregate in these places uh, for late-night studying or to see the sunrise because you didn't finish the paper. You should have started early. And so we would do that. I was in a booth with my roommate uh, because misery loves company. And directly ahead of me, a few booths ahead of me, There she was. I knew this girl. She was sitting alone. She was facing our direction. I knew her, and let's just say I didn't like her very much. I didn't have much respect for her. Could you imagine I would have an opinion like that? Oh, man, she was good looking. She was a cheerleader. Uh, She was all that, and she knew it. And at least I was glad she was studying. You know, she had a lot going for it, but, but, you know, she was playing off a lot of that kind of stuff. And I just had a, at that point in my life, I had a problem with that. That would put me off. Anybody who thought they were better than other people, I just had a hard time dealing with them and, and liking them. And, uh, and so I was there trying not to pay attention to her, but I was also trying not to keep judging her. Okay? I'm sorry to say, right? You know how it is. Look at someone going, oh, dude. What's she doing here? I need to get my studying done, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, blah, 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 and, 
you know, she would just do this, and she would just do that, she would get more respect and honor, get guys to treat her right, da 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 and I was just going through all that. Well, after I'd been there a while with my roommate, his girlfriend showed up, oh my gosh, she was great, she plops down in the booth. She's sweet, she's smart, she's perceptive, and you know what's great about her? She really loved Jesus, and she loves other people. She did, and, and, and it was apparent. Uh, it didn't take her long, though, and she notices this cute popular girl sitting alone, studying alone in a booth in a public restaurant throughout the night. And she goes, ah, something's wrong here. Something's not right here. She goes, I'm going to go over there. And I thought, what? And so, boom, she was gone. She, she didn't know this girl. She didn't know the friend she ran with. I don't even know if she was the same, in the same class as this girl. But she plops down right across from her and starts this conversation with her and just loves her. Oh, man. It's funny. Here I am trying to finish a paper on theology and the scripture, right? And I've got this young gal showing me the truth of the gospel. The truth I was writing about. And I watched how she loved this girl, how she listened to her, how she asked her questions. You know, cute, popular... Rich, powerful people need loving, too. Amen? Amen. Amen. They don't need our contempt all the time, as well as people that are humble and aren't in those categories. They need loving also. And I said, and I watched this girl minister to her and pray for her. Um, and it changed my heart, and it changed me. And when this little girlfriend got up and came back and sat down with us, I had to look at her and say, thank you for teaching me. Thank you for being a corrective blessing to me because my heart wasn't right toward this girl and your example helped me to grow and become right and I'm sorry and I hope I can treat people better from here on out and not the way I was. She was used of the Lord to open my eyes to the tendency that we have to judge certain types of people that don't quite fit into our acceptance bubble. See, we can't bless people that we don't accept or don't like or we judge, amen? Somebody say amen. You can't do it. So you can't bless another person, that, I'm going to say it again, that you don't like, that you have trouble in judging or cannot accept. You can't bless them. We know this through the acceptance extended by God and his angel to Zechariah and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary, that what God said in his word was true. And he said this in John 3, 17. It's right after our famous verse in John 3, 16. But he says this in John 3, 17, and we know it's true because of how God treated these couples. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. How is God accepted? God's acceptance reaching for you. He's always reaching for us. The Bible says in Romans that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was reaching with acceptance. We weren't loving God. We weren't doing anything to be loved. We had condemned ourselves already, but because he so loved us, he came at Christmas he said, I'm going to give you the greatest gift I can. My acceptance. My love. My sacrifice. 
I'm going to give myself to you to save you from your sin. Wow. How is God's acceptance reaching for you? And how is God directing you to reach out with that same acceptance to others? He wants us. We're all here together in this church, so we're willing to be together. That's a sign of acceptance. But we need to continue to look for ways to accept one another and express that acceptance. Eating with each other is one of them. That's a great way to do it. Extending a hand shake, enjoying things together. There's so many ways we can extend acceptance. Look for ways to extend that acceptance so that you might be a blessing to other people. Just being here is a blessing to people. So that's our first S, but let's move on to the second S. And I'm going to see if I can get this done, huh? Amen. The second S is serve others. So, man, that's a good one. You know, we don't want to miss something in this passage, all right? I don't know if you noticed, as you read through it, and go about, you can go back and read through it again. There is an absence of all jealousy and competition in Elizabeth's attitude to Mary and Mary back to Elizabeth. There's a complete absence of complaint or challenge toward God and his plan. It's gone. It's not there. You won't find it in these two women. Elizabeth, the older woman, was the first to receive this monumental blessing from the Lord. She might well have tried to guard her position of blessing because she was the first one to get a miracle child. Think about that. She had waited so long, she finally gets this kid's going to be the forerunner. She's pregnant for six months, man, and she's the top dog, and all of a sudden, Mary shows up. <laughs> oh, man. She could have sulked in bitterness with doubting gods, with, with, with doubting questions back to God about this. She could have turned sour, just like the wife who is elated when she receives. And I want you to show here. Go to the, the little car here, the, the Versa. Ah, Nissan Versa. That's a nice car, huh? That's not a bad car. But she could have been like the wife who got this from her husband for Christmas. Anybody getting a car for Christmas? Yeah, I see some people raising their hands. Yeah. Man, <clears throat> her husband slaved. He got her this nice new car to make it easier and safer for her to go back to work. Man, this is a good deal. It's so much better than the clunker she did have, right? And so she's elated and she's so excited on Christmas morning. However, later that day when she invited her younger sister over for Christmas supper, her, older, her younger sister, who doesn't really have to work very hard, she shows up with a car that her husband had gifted her. And this has, it's a BMW 4 Series. Not quite the same. Right? And all of a sudden, it would have been easy for the older sister to go from elated to deflated. Right? You know that Elizabeth could have easily responded in prayer. You know what, God? Uh, I'm the one who put in all the years trusting you in praying and lying next to this old Zach guy here with little or nothing to show for it. Dude, guess what? And Mary isn't even married yet. She's not, her marriage isn't even consummated yet. And yet she gets the Messiah and I get the forerunner. What's up with that? Is that really fair? And that's how it works with human beings sometimes, right? We, we get a little competitive and we get a little, 
not humble, but Elizabeth, like Mary, just like both those women, they didn't do either of that because they were humble. Instead of prideful, they were humble. They trusted God. They trusted his lane and his will for their life. And they understood that everybody has a lane. Because both these women of God understood they were servants. They were good with their lane that God had given them. They were good using their lane and their gifts as humble gifts back to God and to other people. Are you humble enough to live in your lane? Are you humble enough to serve others through your lane? If you and I want to be a blessing to others, we've got to humbly keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to keep our eyes on the one who calls us, who perfects our faith, and humbly serve other people through our different callings. And you know what? You and I have many, many callings. I want you to consider the callings of your life. Put them down in your notes or list them in your mind. All of us are, ch are a child. We're called to be a child. How am I serving others as a child? And being a child. Siblings. How am I serving as a sibling? That's a calling in my life. A friend. We're all friends. How are we serving as friends? Spouses, some of us. Parents. Grandparents. Cousins. Aunts, uncles. <coughs> neighbor. Citizen. Student. We are to serve others through being students at times teammate, employee, or employer. Yeah, disciple, witness, leader of some sort in the church and in the kingdom of God. Do you realize all those callings that are upon you in your life? All those things that you've been called to serve others through those callings? All of us have them. And as you and I pursue our callings and we faithfully employ our gifts to fulfill our callings, we're a blessing. We're a blessing. Make no mistake about it, you were born to be a blessing. All of us. And we must bless others through those callings. Do you see it? Blessing is giving. Be a giver, not a taker, not a getter. Be a giver. Blessing is giving. And what did Jesus tell us? He said, it's give and it will be given back to you. Give and it will be given back to you. You and I have been called to we're not called to run around looking for people to bless us that's not the purpose for life is to run around and get the most things and have other people bless us it's about us running around blessing others and giving to others because as we give it's given back to us so rather we bless in service so we'll be blessed and the blessing will continue are you serving other people are you humbly serving them so you can bless them can't do that unless you, you serve others. And then finally, last, last S. Share your story and share God's story. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them <clears throat> as you sit, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Write my commands. Write my word. The passage calls each of us who follow God to love the Lord our God first 
And then talk about him all the time. Talk about him at work. Talk about his commandments and promises to our children. Talk to one another about these things. Our questions and be curious and listen. All who will listen every day and throughout the day we are to talk about these things. And to do this, we don't just talk about easy things. Okay? But also the things that aren't so easy but are hard to talk about. To be a blessing and receive God's blessing, we have to share openly and honestly, lovingly and wisely, our story and God's story. You don't just share the blessings and grace of God, you share the truth of God. You know, people get scared of truth. They think it's hard sometimes and harsh. How do you trust without you know the truth? The truth creates trust. It creates security. It, cre it, it, it creates a strong foundation that you know won't go away. It gives you confidence and boldness. Don't fear the truth. It's what sets us free. These other things don't do that as much. We've got to have God's grace, but we've got to also keep his truth center stage. Because it's, it's, it's a part of blessing. It's wonderful. It gets us up in the morning sometimes when we cannot get up otherwise. The truth of God and the truth of how much grace he shows to us. So talk about these things. What we're hearing in culture is this, from peoples and families and churches, uh, whether people are inside the church, outside the church, people aren't talking like they used to talk. People aren't talking like they used to talk. And they're not talking much about their relationship with God or how they're growing in their relationship with God or what they're struggling with in their faith or how to live out God's word in relationships and trials and lives. And people and families especially are not talking when it comes to hard things. You know, everybody's working all the time. They get home, they don't want to talk about the hard things because they want to have good family time. And so some things get skipped. And, and people get on a screen or on TV or that instead of talking because everybody's tired and emotionally tired. And so we never talk openly and honestly with one another about the hard things. Man, that's just really kind of rough. I've heard people say many times, our family is nice. We never talk openly and honestly with one another about things, we're especially not the hard things. We're just a nice family. Wow. How do you bless each other for real if you don't do that? No one wants or no one can handle talking about hard things all the time, but we've got to talk about it sometimes. And we've got to be able to discuss our real questions and our concerns. We've got to be able to do that. And that means we've got to cut out time and make time to do that. We have to be intentional about that. Philemon 1.6 says this, I pray, Paul writes, I pray that you might be active in sharing what you believe. Then you will completely understand every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. See, we're not understanding every good thing we have in Christ sometimes because we're not fleshing it out with other people, talking about it, working it out applying it. We're supposed to do that with each other. Share your story and share God's story. Talk about the good things as well as the hard things and we will bless one another. The blessed experience of, of, of experiencing and knowing 
All the good things we have in Jesus comes from sharing. So share and turn off the, get rid of the phone and turn off the TV. Amen? Amen. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to have to leave it there. Praise the Lord. We want to be a blessing. We have the tools to be a blessing. But we have to, in faith, step forward to be that blessing and to receive those blessings. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, thank you that you know everyone's heart here and you know your work that you want to do. And you know that not everyone's in the same place. Thank you that you love each person who's gathered here and that you desire to bless each person who's gathered here because they are the apple of your eye, God, and you've promised never to leave nor forsake them. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us to clear up our issues of belief and help us to believe. Believe why we were created and what we were created for and to believe your word and promises to us, Lord. And then may we be people who believe for each other in prayer and believe for each other in conversation with one another. Lord, help us to listen with curiosity. Help us, God, to, to be patient enough to do so and to have a teachable spirit. Help us to extend, Father, acceptance to others, to all those that are around us as you extend it. Lord, help us, Father, to serve each other. And to know as we serve each other, as we give, we walk in your footsteps. Because you came not to be served, but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. Help us to give, too, because of all that's given us. Help us, Jesus, to serve. And, and then, Father, help us to share. Share openly and honestly our story and your story, God, with each other. Help us to talk about those things that bless us as well as the hard things. Help us to work together to work those things out with each other because we need one another's encouragement and one another's support. So God, may we be a blessing this Christmas just as your angel was and, um, and just as you were, God, in sending us your son. We thank you for blessing us. And so may we continue that blessing. Father, take us into this week and take us into this rest of this day that we indeed might live under the spot where the glory rolls out and be a blessing to all. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen. Amen. Lord bless you as you, as you go to bless others. Amen.